hello everybody and welcome back to the Talking Floorball podcast episode I've lost count. Oh, four. Yeah, four. And uh, this is the Under-19 World Floorball Championships 2023 review podcast. As always, your hosts for this one, myself, James Varejka and, well, James and alongside me, Mari. Müllerinen. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want you to pronounce it because I know it's really difficult. Yes. Uh, also, I don't know why. I don't why we're doing surnames today. We, we decided. It's to like a more official day, I guess. Even though I guess the content won't be that official, but we will start it in a more official manner. Yes. Uh, officially unofficial podcast. Yeah. As always, with the IFF Media team, uh, myself and Mari, uh, we were in. Frederikshavn, Denmark, for the entire week. It was a very busy, very, uh, as always, stressful week for media, but we managed to get through it, and it was a lot of fun for a lot of players and a lot of teams, and there were some big upsets and definitely surprising results. So we're going to take you through what happened in Denmark during the whole week of the Under-19 Championships, and uh, maybe we'll talk about a couple of things that you might not have seen or may have been a bit behind the scenes as well. So let's start off. We'll go, probably go through the standings. We'll go from 16th to 1st. So start off with uh, finishing 16th at this tournament with USA. USA, unfortunately, not coming into this, uh, not coming into this with as much team practice as other teams, maybe. They, they are still a young group who, due to the location of the team and several players they still came to these tournaments with high expectations uh, i remember speaking with the general manager who had high hopes against denmark in their first game oh yeah didn't end up going too well for them in that first match against denmark but usa still having some bright spots in particular and i know you were loving the play of one player money from the team usa yeah, I mean, I think the match against Austria was pretty good. Um, Keen Addington, he was especially on fire in that game with two goals and one assist. And of course, we loved Keen's mother, who was there as the USA mascot and brought a lot of joy for the for us and for media team and possibly for for the players as well. I hope and other spectators. So, yeah. Yeah, you probably saw her on our Instagram feed or on our stories. A couple of times, yeah. at least. Or in Flickr or on, in the background of photos. Uh, she was uh, dressed up in the big, wa- wacky, waving, arm-flailing, inflatable tube man costume. And, um, yeah, was was uh, always a present sight at Team USA Games. So, uh, definitely also a busy time in net for both goalies, uh, Ethan Van Padden and... Rylan Rasmussen, who were just both under a lot of pressure and a lot of shots coming in against them. So they both did well to to stand on their heads in certain situations and make lots of good saves. And uh, I know that about half the squad is still going to be eligible for the next uh, Under-19 World Championship. So uh, it's a good core. And I think most importantly as well is, is that uh, you see now with with every tournament that comes, there's more and more homegrown and uh, domestically trained players, which is really good to see. Uh, that that even though they may have finished 16th, uh, the percentage of the players who are playing in the U.S. from the U.S. is is 
growing larger and larger with every squad that comes into these championships. So. Yeah, and I think we will also see some of the players in the senior team later on. So thinking about Malmö in 2024, depending how it goes between USA and Canada in the qualifications. So that might be interesting. For sure, for sure. We'll see how they do. Uh, moving on, Singapore, who beat the USA uh, for 15th place and ended up with 15th. Um, I Before the tournament, I was speaking about uh, Singapore, and I was speaking about their goalkeeper Justin, Justin Kengting Fang, who uh, ended up being the main goalie taking up the majority of the minutes during the during the matches. Um, who played? He played in four games for Singapore, um, but I do have to give a big shout out, and and a, you know I was in very impressed by the play of their their other goalkeeper, who Akmal Zukri, who uh, only played in two matches but had thirty seven saves. And eighty percent save percentage in those two games. So, um, Zukri was impressive for me, and and I, I think as well helped in in those in those two matches that he came in for for the for the Singapore. Nice. And uh, I I think we were both um, enjoying the the shouting and the instructions coming from the Singapore bench. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Singapore have uh, one Finnish. Coach, assistant coach, yeah. or Finnish native. And yeah, the men's men's team has one Timo Suomba, and we loved it that when he was always yelling like easy, 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 at least like three times or more. And then apparently, when it wasn't very easy for the team, there was a Finnish swear word after that or something, something else. So that was really enjoyable for anyone who followed that. Yeah, and he's he as you're saying, he's uh, also in the Sea Games right now, uh, traveling with Singapore for their men's team in uh, in uh, Cambodia, taking place that tournament between uh, Thailand, Singapore, Cambodia for the first time having a floorball uh, team, which is great to see in in the Sea Games. Malaysia and the Philippines brings the total to six teams taking part in the men's and women's competitions for the SEA Games 2023, which starts this Thursday. So if you're listening to this before the 11th or on the 11th of May, the link to the live streams for all the games will be on our bio in our Instagram. So if you just head to our bio and click the link, that will take you to a YouTube playlist with all the games from these 2023 Sea Games and those are all obviously free to watch being on YouTube. Uh, one more thing about Team Singapore, we definitely love the captain's celebration. We have now videos of that at least on IFF Instagram and TikTok at the moment. So uh, number 39, Muhammad Danish Mansour. I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly at all, but he made us really happy with his celebration and a bit of dancing and and the best goal song as well in our opinion yeah definitely our 100% opinion, all 16 teams singapore has the best goal song in the under 19s closely followed by um i think estonia no welcome to no, estonia no, i'm not a fan <laughs> whatsoever that was I hated that song. Sorry, Estonia. It's but, amazing. Uh, USA using Darude Sandstorm. I enjoyed, which was funny considering it's a Finnish yeah, artist. Yeah, as a Finn. Hmm. Yeah, probably sick of Darude Sandstorm. So. No, definitely not. No? It's okay. always a good, good song. Good. Disappointed that um, none of the teams, the European teams, chose Eurovision songs as their goal yeah. song. Yeah. 
So that wasn't great, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, okay, moving on, we'll go to Australia. Um, I'll also, who finished 14th, they lost in their match against Estonia, but Australia started off the tournament extremely well. First match of the entire tournament, beating Slovenia in a, what many saw was a big upset. and That was, yeah. I had the pleasure of commentating that game. Um, highlighted before the tournament, when we spoke about it in the podcast, Tom Meyer, who actually got six points in that first game against Slovenia, but then... Well, he went a little bit missing in the other three games, unfortunately. Sorry, Tom. Um, only getting those points for the whole tournament in that first game. Um, but it was definitely a feisty Australian squad. We had uh, Ryan Alexandrakis on co-commentary, who was the assistant coach. And he was telling us a little insight on having to deal with the ice hockey mentality of some players who um, are still trying to get to grips maybe with... The full rules of floorball compared to the ice hockey and how you're not allowed to use your stick as, uh, you know, uh, a tool to let the opponent know that you're there. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, but Australia still uh, beating USA and Singapore and therefore, you know, the best team from the AOFC. So that's always their aim at every tournament. So good to them and uh, definitely some surprising but good Good players. Uh, Ken Furstein for me was really good. I think surprised me. I didn't know too much about him before this tournament, and he scored some really nice goals, a 360 spin, and uh, definitely was very good marauding down the wings and, and running at speed. So, uh, and, and was very nice to interview as well. So, yeah. And shout out to Ryan. Thank you for helping us out with the commentary, especially you did a very good job. Yes, thank you uh, for coming up. The, that big ladder on, on the B arena. <laughs> that was scary. That looked very scary. Uh, if any of you follow Ollie Hogburn on Twitter or anything, uh, or on Instagram, he posted a photo of him going up the ladder, so you'll be able to see if you're interested what that ladder looked like going up to the commentary position. I did not enjoy that. I don't like heights, so yeah, that was great. Thank you. Um, we'll move on. Uh, in 13th, beating Australia was Estonia, Manu. Yeah, so... Obviously, the first game between Estonia and Austria was a bit of a shock for me because I was expecting Estonia to win. And um, probably because I didn't see Austria at their qualification, so I actually I had no idea what to expect from them. And uh, maybe I kind of overestimated Estonia before the event. But then on the other hand, I want to say I didn't overestimate them because they did play a really good game against Denmark, which ended in a 5-5 draw. So mm. that was a really good performance from the whole team, including their goalie, Martin Deppan, who had really many amazing saves throughout the game and was also the player of the game in that match. But of course, 13th place, well, um, I don't think they were too happy, happy about that. And third place in Group C, so... But it's such minor, minor gaps, isn't it? Like, as you were saying, if they managed one more goal against Denmark, they would have been top of the group. So it, it's just yeah. such minor, minor little things in floorball sometimes. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, you never know. They could have been eighth, but they ended up 13th. So, mm. yeah, crazy how things are. But, yeah, uh, moving on, 12th were Austria, who did, as you were saying, Mali beat Estonia in that game opener. Yeah, Austria, they finished second in Group C, 
They won their game against Estonia, lost against Denmark, and then won 9-6 against USA. And I have to say that goalie Clemens Meixner, he was very amazing against Estonia. He did many, many saves in that game and actually also saved two penalty shots. And uh, yeah, if you have seen the, the match replay or the highlights, his celebration was pretty amazing after Chris Oya's um, penalty shot. And then, yeah, Meissner was really celebrating that. So that was good. And then when he saved the penalty shot from Carl Eric Cook, then he was just showing that, yeah, you know, this was the second one, this was the second one, and that was amazing. Um, also, just want to mention quickly, Carl Eric Cook from Estonia, he was the top point scorer of Group C, and he's also in the top 10 in the overall scoring leader, leader list. So, yeah, but Austria, they, they played a really, really good tournament, I must say. So, finishing second in the, in the group, and then being on the 12th place. Yeah, and both their goalies in the top 10 for, for uh, top eight, sorry, for goalie save percentage. Yeah. Um, even though Leitner didn't play as much as Mike Snow, he still made 82%. Uh, and they both had literally the same save percentage. Mike Snow with 82.69 and Leitner with 82.61. So both goalies really good and uh, as I said in my preview as well that was the one position that Austria were really struggling to make a decision on because they feel like men's under 19 they have such a good crop good selection pool of goalies they had like four or five goalies they could have easily taken um, which is in comparison to say the outfield players which they had a lot less to choose from so um, you know credit to Meixner and Leitner for even getting in the squad if they had so many other goalies to battle with to get those positions so yeah and I think like many teams are probably struggling with having like a good goalie at least one but yeah. that you actually have two strong goalies that's uh, or even more to yeah. choose from so good that's problem. a really positive problem good problem to have yeah uh, so we'll move on to 11th and that was Slovenia as their fans were very loudly cheering throughout the whole tournament. Um, they have very good, loud fan base. Uh, not many fans, but they made very good noise throughout the whole week. And uh, definitely, as we said, the one person who we highlighted before showed up, Captain Nej Beklaj. Beklaj? We'll go with Beklaj. Uh, captain of, the t of Slovenia and finished top five overall in scoring, uh, playing one less game than most other most other teams he uh, played four games got 15 points and well if he played one more game he could have been tra challenging Kohonen for yeah. most points in the tournament so really well done by Peklai and it was that first line of Slovenia with Sardi and Bodobnik which uh, really was doing all majority of the of the lifting for that Slovenian side and Sardi also um, scored the first goal of the event so it's always a nice little cap to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate for them in their opener against uh, Australia, which is probably the reason why they, they didn't end up 
uh, going through because their their match against Norway was so intense. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow, like I don't think anybody, not even Norway, expected it to be that close. But Slovenia came out fighting, and I I remember their coach was not very happy at at full time. But I think maybe now that he he can take pride because that Norway are apart from Sweden were the only team to go undefeated. So. To be that close against them, I think Slovenia played really well, and um, yeah. even though they're a bit sort of up and down, Slovenia, I feel like their performances, like one minute they they can really perform really well, and the next minute they sort of get in a slump, like you saw against Australia. But um, they were really had some good high points during this tournament for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, going into the top ten, uh, we'll move on to Poland, who finished tenth. It was a bit of a sad tournament, I think, for Poland. Marie? Yeah, I mean, fourth in Group A. We were expecting it, it would be a tough time for Poland in this group. Already the first game showed us that. They lost 18-2 against Czech Republic, 13-1 against Latvia and 18-0 against Finland. So definitely not a fun group for Poland. Three goals for and 49 goals against. And yeah, definitely after after loss against Norway, they were devastated because obviously it meant they will not be in the top eight anymore. So 10th place for Poland at this World Championships. And unfortunately, that means they'll have to qualify for the next event. Um, one of the questions we asked, which we'll get to at the end, uh, someone asked, When's the, where is the next event? So that next event, un- men's under-19s, is in Switzerland in 2025. And... Unfortunately, Poland will have to qualify for it as they are not automatically qualifying anymore, not being top nine. So, yeah, it was a shame. And, and both their goalies were very, very busy throughout. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially when you play in, a, in that Group A. So, But definitely some learning experience for all these Polish players and, and hopefully they'll come back, take learn from this and uh, maybe we'll see several of them in the senior team in, in several years' time. So. Yeah, and we already do. So so definitely good learnings from the under-19s for many players and then, of course, the ones who already play in the senior team hopefully will get, like, let's say, more positive experiences in the in the senior team. Okay, so beating Poland for that, uh, tenth, for that ninth spot and finishing ninth is Germany. Germany, who, whoa, coming into this were from my side a bit of an unknown quantity I didn't know what to expect from them um, but they definitely impressed me in their 6-6 draw against Slovakia in the group stage and oh my word I was commentating their the final group match against Sweden and it was coming down to goal difference to decide who would play for fifth place and with about I think it was three minutes to go three and a half minutes to go they were level on goal difference but Slovakia were going through on goal scored and then they got a power play, Germany. And Heinz was on the bench with his jacket on. And as soon as the power play came, the coach turned to him and went, Jakob, get your jacket off, get on the field, go. <laughs> but unfortunately, it wasn't enough for Germany, who couldn't get that, that extra deciding goal to turn the goal difference. And uh, they ended up dropping into the playoffs and uh, losing, to, uh, losing to Denmark in a thrilling game, that was, Mari. That was a very good game, yeah. And so close Again, as well. Again, so close, this German side. That was the tail of the tournament for them. 
but they did end up beating Poland in their final match and uh, Heinz, who we highlighted before, got seven points in five games and uh, maybe not as impressive as he was in the men's under uh, men's world championships in, in Switzerland, but uh, second highest point scorer on this German team. So not bad tournament for Germany, but I think maybe they were looking for top eight for sure. We'll move on to the hosts, Denmark, who were in, who ended up finishing eighth, Mari. Yeah, so Denmark, they won their group. Um, of course, they were very strong at home, as one might expect. They had their fans on the stands every day. Usually Denmark played in the evening games, so especially then the atmosphere was like very amazing. It was very loud at Arena Nord. Um, but also in the morning game on Sunday, um, the supporters were there cheering for their team. And Norway was then better and went for the seventh place. And Denmark was eighth. Yeah, Denmark were pretty good throughout. They they were solid. They, um, they won all their matches and then went into their final group game against Estonia, only needing a draw. And that's what they got. And they just about squeaked through, but I was commentating in the B venue at the time and I could hear the cheers from A venue when Denmark scored. So really passionate fan base. And uh, speaking of fans, uh, this tournament actually broke the record for the most uh, attendance in total. So thanks in large part to several Danish fans, friends, family and fans in general from Frederiksaven who came to watch over 18,000 people breaking the record from... Germany uh, in Hamburg in 10 years ago, in 2013, I believe, Mali. So congratulations yeah. to the Danish LOC, local organisers, and everyone involved with the tournament. And uh, great to see. And maybe in two years' time in Switzerland, we can break the 20,000 barrier. Yeah, that that is possible, actually. Definitely. If you're listening, Swiss, <laughs> that's your, no cha- pressure. It's your target, your <laughs> challenge. <laughs> so top seven, Norway, the only... Seventh place and the only other undefeated side apart from Sweden. They did everything they possibly could, and as a result, in two years' time, they'll be in the top two groups. And uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting tournament for Norway. I, I think um, they came into it with with the goal of getting top eight, top seven, and they achieved it. And they were very very impressive, and as expected. Obviously, they only were put in this position because two years ago they couldn't compete due to COVID, so yeah. they dropped down. But So they were always sort of playing maybe below where their level should be in terms of maybe rankings. But uh, good to see Norway go back up. And um, in particular, Verstedt was, uh, broke the record for the most amount of assists in the tournament, Mari. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. So Tineo's Firestart broke... Um, Broke the overall record, but then also the record for the most assists in a single tournament. So 15 assists in totals. That's well done. Well done. Congratulations. And then with Emil Bradley, they were the power duo for Norway. They took the third and fourth place in the scoring leader statistics. They had 18 points each. I start having the 15 assists and three goals and Bradley. Then it was the other way around for him, so 12 goals and 6 assists. And uh, I just want to say also, it's nice to see uh, Tinius Verstedt get all those points and not a single penalty minute. 
there were two, obviously, uh, for those of you who may not know, two of the Norwegian players did end up getting match penalties and suspensions. But they did, yes. Uh, Haugen in the first game for a not pleasant incident with a Singaporean player, and uh, it was Hemper in the game against Australia, uh, both getting suspensions. So it wasn't the cleanest tournament for Norway, but definitely, obviously, tempers can flare in competition, as we all know, and... Uh, when you're fighting in the World Championships, it means a lot to certain players. So, yeah, maybe a reason why some players couldn't keep cool under the collar, as they say. But Norway still very, very impressive. And it'll be interesting to see how they how they act and how they play against the top top teams when they come back in two years' time. Uh, all these Norwegian players playing in the in a men's league in, in Norway. So it's very experienced and very very full of quality and star power so yeah so we've finished the top seven now we move on to the teams in the top six slovakia well slovakia finished sixth they uh like we spoke about with germany they drew with germany and just about got through to the fifth place match uh thanks to goal difference but it was it was relatively close between them and latvia for fifth and then latvia sort of just kicked it up another gear and went up another notch and uh, um, showed the talent on display that they have. So Slovakia, not many, not very high point scoring. Uh, only Ojimi was their best goal point scorer um, throughout the tournament. But definitely one to point out was the goalkeeper for Slovakia, who I think was sort of underrated and undervalued at this tournament, Filip Vashko. Uh, 91 saves and the 79 save percentage, percent save percentage. So, uh, not really talked about as one of the top goalies of this tournament, but I think he played very well, considering the level of his opponents, uh, in in certainly in the group stage and then against Latvia as well. So, uh, certainly things to learn for from the for this Slovak side, and I think uh, top six. I I think they'll still be happy with that result, Slovakia. Yeah. Mari, as always, I turn to you, my Latvia expert. (laughs) What can you tell us about Latvia, who finished fifth? We just love how love how the fans are always chanting Latvia, Latvia. That's so good. Um, Yeah. Okay. So Latvia, they really challenged both Finland and Czech Republic in Group A, and uh, they were really close making it to the top four. I must say. it, but yeah, it wasn't their year yet, so they took the fifth place once again. It is a very familiar result for them looking at the previous editions of the Men's Under-19 World Championships. Uh, Sanjit Gabriel Silins was the best goalie from top five, if you look at how many matches he played. He played four games, had 61 saves, and the save percentage was 88.41. Maybe something to address here um, could have definitely been in the All-Star team as the as the goalie, but I I do think that for the All-Star team select selections, people put a lot of focus on the semi-finals and possibly bronze game because you have to vote for the All-Star team before the final starts. So that's probably what what people are thinking when they look at the semi-final and obviously. Yuan uh, from from Switzerland. He played an amazing game in the in the semis. So definitely, and and I think also as well, it's hard because 
Shillings played so well against such tough opponents, but yeah, yeah, no recognition. But we saw that in the World Games, the 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 Latvian goalie. Um, I forgot. I'm so sorry. Uh, but you, he played so well and got um, Salcevic. Salcevic, yes, got got the award for World Games Athlete of the Day for his performance yeah. and um, how well Latvia did at the World Games against Sweden and then beating Switzerland. So. Uh, it was only rewarded because he had to literally stand on his head and yeah, help true. his Latvia team to big upsets and then you get the praise you deserve. So uh, it's a thankless job being a goalkeeper. Really I know, is. yeah. So, but and of course, I think it would have been other, de- definitely a different situation for the whole event if Latvia would have won against Finland in their first game, possibly, yeah. Or even Maybe. true, yeah. Yeah, even because it was so close. Finland won three two, so definitely. Um, yeah, but from the IFF media team, you you get rec- recognition, as always, Gabriel Silin. So <laughs> yes, you you earn the IFF media team All Star team. Board. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we are choosing our IFF media team All Star team. So yeah. Congratulations. So, uh, number four, fourth position, just missing out on the medals. Maybe a shock to some, uh, a shock to me because I predicted they were going to win. Uh, well, I predicted they will be second. So, well, yeah, but. Little did we know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Czech Republic, who are defending, two time defending champions, uh, finishing fourth. And it really was that semi final which broke them, I think. Uh, they looked so good up until that semi-final, and then there was that five-minute stretch in the third period where Switzerland ran away with it. And I know. I just don't think they mentally recovered from that. Even against Finland in in the third-place match, they showed how they have the quality, but I think they were still mentally broken from losing that semi-final the day before. Um, and I mean, they they didn't dominate in the group stage either. They had a big win against Poland, mm. um, but then seven-five win against Finland, 4-2 win against Latvia. It wasn't really like that like huge and very successful performance from the Czech team in the group mm. stage. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and definitely I, I think still, I, I think people are slowly starting to realise that Latvia are creeping into that, knocking on the door, as they say, of the top four. So uh, I think Czechs still had a tough group, but... Mm. Also, it didn't help that uh, goalkeeper Adam Dressler was unbelievable throughout the group stages, was so good, but then had his worst game of the tournament in the semi-final in that third period against against the Swiss and then mm. uh, had a bit of an issues as well in the third-place game against Finland. So um, maybe certainly something the, these Czech players showed that defensively they're really good and strong, maybe offensively in this tournament not as quite clicking as in previous editions with... Havlas and Langer in previous editions and Chaterny was really good in this yeah. one for the Czechs. Yeah, and especially in the bronze game, scoring the hat-trick. So then mm. you, you also see the other side when you have some players who will actually improve throughout the event. And then in the semi-final bronze game, when you are playing for the medals, you actually give out your best performance. Yeah, so I, I, I still think big disappointment for the Czechs, but some bright spots to certainly learn from from this 
from this event to take for the future. For sure. Um, Suomi finished Suomi. in bronze, Finland. I got it right in my predictions. Congratulations. I did not, but Mari, what did you think of Finland? Well, like I mentioned before, uh, Finland had a really close first game against Latvia and then a tight loss against Czech Republic in the group stage. Also a tough loss against Sweden in the semis, but the rematch against Czech Republic brought them the third place then. Um, which was, of course, the third place. It was uh, some form of disappointment for the team. Um, they were obviously in Frederikshavn for the gold and they were really looking to win that gold medal. But based on the players' social media posts, each post starts with the same words. We did not get what we wanted. Um, and that being said, Finland will definitely have hunger for the next event. Um, also interesting, I heard some people comparing Pietari Portikivi to Justus Kainulainen. Uh, Portikivi is a very talented player. He has the same kind of playing style and hairstyle as Kainulainen does. Definitely one of the future players for the uh, Finnish men's team. Definitely. Uh, he currently plays in the M team in Finland. And then Teemu Karppanen, he was among the top point scorers in the group stage. Six points in three matches, two goals, four assists. Um, top point scorer of Finland together with Lukas Hyvärinen. They got 11 points each during the whole event. So, and also Porttikivi Karppanen and Joona Hokkanen, they formed the second line for Finland. So. And at least uh, Finland getting that bronze continued their streak of winning a medal at every single men's under 19 world championships. Yeah. So even Sweden couldn't haven't done that in 2015 they they ended up fourth losing to the Czech Republic for bronze. So Finland still continuing the streak and uh, having a medal or top 3 in every edition. So at yeah. least there's that positive to take from that and Definitely. Beating the Czechs defending champions for bronze is no easy feat either, so. Yeah, and after penalty shots. Whoa. Oh my god. What a game. Overtime, oh penalty shots. Oh, and You won't Oof. be able to help me out with this one, Mari, but there was a Finnish player who, uh, on his penalty shot, went round Drasla after Drasla had tried his cat-like pounce that he did in the, in the, in the group stages oh. and made, made a save on the penalty shot by doing lunging forward and like grabbing the ball. And then in the penalty shootout against Finland, he tried the same thing, but the Finnish player read him. And then as he circled the net after scoring to celebrate, he started putting his hands together as just to throw. He was, like, pretending to dive forward, so that was a bit cheeky. Yeah, I wonder if it was Jona Hockenen, maybe. <laughs> um, we, need to, we need to check the, the uh, highlights. But definitely, uh, definitely a very interesting... Made things yeah, very it was Jona Hockenen who did that. <laughs> So bit you, cheeky. If you have a chance to go and watch that one back, <laughs> if you didn't spot it the first time around, but we did behind the goal. Um, so yeah, moving on, top two, Switzerland. Uh, at least this is the only part of my predictions where I feel a little bit happy because I said they would get bronze and they got silver, but... Uh... I thought they will get nothing. <laughs> I okay. thought they will end up fourth. I'm so sorry. Oh. 
it happens. But Switzerland, definitely the surprise package of this tournament. Um, looked okay in, in group stages. They, they did what they were expected. They beat their, their two lower-ranked sides in, um, in Germany and Slovakia. Had a little bit of a scare against Slovakia. I think they were 2-0 down to the Slovaks. But they then were, yeah. Turned it on and then came back firing and ended up winning very comfortably against Slovakia in the end. But uh, losing to Sweden in the group stages and then coming up against Czechs in the semis and, and they did really well. As you said, uh, all-star goalie having the um, game, one of the games of his life in, uh, I believe that was Jorn in the semi-finals yeah. and he was instrumental in helping the Swiss come back and then in the third period they just exploded with goals and uh, really just steamrolled the Czechs in that third and, and came through and got through to the final. Uh, definitely, I think, my highlight of the tournament because I don't think many people were talking about him beforehand and... Everybody knows, obviously, who Gabriel Kohonen was before the tournament and now, especially after. But I think a lot of people now have got one extra eye on Pascal Schmucki. Uh, For sure. From Ushta and was just unbelievable. One of the best, best players um, I've seen play live. And he's still, you know, under 19, definitely a star of the future. And a star now, really, was really, really, really good, solid uh, very calm in defence, but then also was very, very rapid. Like the acceleration on on that clip that we posted on our Instagram feed of that goal in the final against Sweden, just, whew, he's like he had nitrous attached to him. He just flew down the left-hand side. Yeah, and the Swedish defence was just looking as Schmucke was running with the ball and then scoring. <laughs> no one could do anything. And and they kept it so close. It was 2-2 going into the third period in the final, Switzerland. So uh, it wasn't like Sweden blew them away through the whole game and it was just easy for them. It was it was tough and I think Switzerland proved that... Uh, I think in particular, in recent years, maybe people have been looking at it as more of a top three mm. and slowly Switzerland been dropping back. But now the, the, the men's under-19 have said, hey, no, 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 this is a top four. We are here. We're part of this group. So yeah. uh, I think always Switzerland... Uh, can be a danger if you take them. Even if you th start to think about taking them lightly, they will prove you wrong. So many players to watch for the future. And for me, Pascal Schmucki, new fan. Uh, also, David Hermle from, from Switzerland. He scored a hat-trick in the semi-final and is sixth on the uh, scoring leader statistics with 15 points, eight, goal, eight goals and seven assists. So well done. Not bad at all. No, not bad. I think all-star team, yeah. Was he? Oh, he was. Yeah, he was, he was yeah, the he centre. Was. Yeah, yeah, he was. So there you go. Uh, there was three Swedes, two Swedes and three Swiss. Uh, three Swedes and three Swiss. Three Swedes. Three yeah, Swiss, because yes. we only had players from two teams. Yes. So Hamler, Schmucki and Joan were in the mm. all-star team. Yeah. So moving on. Our final team, and of course the champions, getting it after 10 years. It's been 10 years since they won under-19 gold, but it is Sweden. Congratulations. Gratis Sveria. Stort gratis. Uh, please, can you change your goal song, please? Like, 
it's getting to the point now where it's fun the first five goals you score but then it's like i f- i'm trying to go to sleep at night and i just hear <laughs> maybe they'll have Lorraine tattoo in the in the next edition yes. especially if she would win yes. the eurovision so if you're listening to this team manager of the Swedish women's team, please can you change your goal song? Or Euphoria. Or Euphoria. It's, it's a great song. There you so go. Please. Thank that you. would be a good suggestion, I think. It's the only bad thing that we have to say about Sweden in this whole tournament. Uh, the rest of the team was unbelievable. It was always packed full of stars from defense to offense to goalies. It was just unbelievable. And, of course, it would be a mess if we don't talk about Gabriel Kohonen uh, son of legendary player Mika Kohonen and Gabriel was the was one of the big stars of this tournament as expected and just stamped his name on the record books for this tournament most points of anyone 20 points in 5 games all-star team there was no MVP of the tournament at this tournament uh, those have been replaced by the Fair Floorball Award but uh, if there was an MVP of the tournament, it's very most likely that he probably might have got it. Uh, also alongside him, Sakarias Ulrikson, most goals in the tournament with 13 goals, uh, also 19 points in total. Really, really, really was so impressive. And Sweden was just so stacked. Every line had someone who could score in the blink of an eye. It was just a joke. So... It was yeah very very fun to watch and of course when they needed them when they needed their goalie the most Nielsen in the final played so well in that third period oh yeah so uh, it was and and the first and the second and then just again you you think you think maybe the easiest job in in floorball is being the Swedish goalie but sometimes yeah when they're needed it shows that they have incredible goalkeepers as well so. A much deserving championship win for sure for Sweden, and um, they are now Grand Slam champions. I guess you could say they hold every single IFF International World Championships, men's, women's, under 19s, and men's and women's World Championships. So we'll see if they keep that streak going in Singapore at the end of the year. But wow, just amazing as always. So congratulations to Sweden, and we'll see what happens going forward whether they can keep that going. Hmm. So we've gone through every team. We've gone through every single upset that might have happened during the tournament, but maybe it's time for us to talk about a couple of maybe unseen things that we didn't, that maybe you might not have seen. Uh, We definitely first want to say big thank you to the LOC, the local organisers, Maria and her group, everyone. Amazing. Too many people to mention, but you guys did an amazing job. And uh, we're very thankful for everything you did. Uh, All the volunteers, as always, and the referee group who came from all over the world to to these championships, from as far as Indonesia, to to referee at this tournament as well. Yeah, amazing. Without referees, we don't have games. So, yeah, fair floorball. And you may not agree with some of their decisions sometimes, but we're all human and of course we all see the game and from different angles and different sides so it's it's always it's always good to have these discussions and uh, a big thank you as well to to as we was, as you mentioned earlier Ryan uh, for joining the commentary team and all of our other commentators uh, from our lead Ollie Hogburn all the way down to 
the general secretary of the IFF himself, John Lilleunt, uh, commentating every Slovakia game. So if you were a <laughs> Slovakia fan, you got to love John's voice during this tournament. So uh, He knows everything about Team Slovakia. Yeah. yeah. Any, any questions about Slovakia men's under-19s floorball, please email lilleunt at floorball.sport <laughs> and uh, I'm sure he will answer your questions. <laughs> Speaking of questions, uh, we asked you on Instagram for questions to ask us. Um, we will say we'll pick two questions each and uh, we'll go through a couple of your questions and uh, about the Under-19 tournament or floorball in general. Mari? Uh, I have one question here. I can start with that. So um, what's the minimum age to compete at any WSC? Well, all players in the Adults World Floorball Championships qualification and or final round must be aged at least 15 years old before the start of the final round to be eligible to participate. And all players in the Under-19 World Floorball Championships qualification and or final round must be aged at least 15 years old no later than 13 June in the same year of the final round and turn 19 years old no earlier than the 1st of January in the same year of the final round to be eligible to participate. And then in addition all team officials must be at least 18 years old before the start of the event. So if you're a wonder kid who's 14 years of age you're gonna have to wait another year. Yeah unfortunately yeah. But there you go. So even if you're 15 you can take part in a under 19s and I think Nate Peklach did that for his first event and he's now been at three so shows you he started at 15 and now he's 19 and he's been in three under 19 world championships so yeah uh for me i will take the question of from alligator underscore floorball which game was the toughest to commentate uh i did a couple of games i did mostly uh cnd group and uh, a couple of game a couple of the playoffs as well uh, it's always hard to commentate a one-sided game. Uh, you don't want to sound biased, but you don't want to sound like it's uh, it's worse than it is. Um, and, and I think sometimes trying to balance that is, is a little hard for a commentator. Uh, so I, I definitely didn't enjoy the, the... Or it was it was harder for me to commentate the, the more one-sided matches. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to commentate any matches that involve match penalties because... Uh, I don't enjoy that situation or, um, when a player receives a match penalty. It's yeah, not 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 something that I enjoy a part of the sport. So, uh, um, but thankfully I didn't get that. So, uh, but as always, it was a pleasure to commentate matches and climb the ladder on B Arena and go up high on the A Arena. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it was really fun, especially to commentate that first match, uh, Australia upsetting Slovenia. That was unexpected and. Uh, that was goals galore every every three seconds. I couldn't keep up at one point. So, yeah, uh, Mari, do you have another question? Uh, tough time choosing. There's so many good ones. Thank you, <laughs> everyone, for responding. Um, there, there were there wasn't even some of you that weren't even questions. For example, David Hamlet is the goat. Well, he's really good, yes, but that's not a question. So yeah, but it's good to point out. <laughs> <laughs> As we as we, as we did already point out, and um, he's very good. Well, um, maybe a question. Maybe I'll choose this one then because it's easy for me to answer. Uh, what's the biggest challenge as a IFF social media creator? 
Well, um, I would say definitely the lack of time because we had what well, we had in the group stage eight games a day, basically. And then although at Arena Nord we had both, like basically the Arena A and B were in the same building under, under one roof. So of course that's pretty easy to go around and you, you won't have to uh, walk to another arena or spend much time to do that. But still it's really hard to follow all the matches and what is happening in each game. Mm -hmm. and like among each team kind of and uh, be updated about everything and then at the same time just like having the time to I don't know create content and do things like that and especially in those like hectic events where if there's there's something there's not even not always something like media related but you just need to do it anyway so yeah. lack example, of time for example writing up articles explaining in detail why certain players get match penalties yeah so, and yeah. it's yeah it's sometimes uh, pretty hectic for us but we try to do our best of course yeah 10 a.m is the first game and uh, the last game started at 7 30 every game every day so you know getting to the arena for nine every day and then leaving at 10 30 from the arena so you're there all day and we love our job but it can be a bit draining after five six days in a row so yeah yeah and then of course um this is also the reason why we didn't have time to enjoy the water park at our hotel so we had to lo look at these beautiful water slides and water fountains through the lift every day yeah like we even... could be there but we are not we are on our way to breakfast and arena or then to sleep and it's already closed and ah oh, that was tough <laughs> but yeah um still very very thankful to be in this position and we we enjoy what we do and we enjoy bringing you and trying to spread the sport that we love as much as possible yeah for sure and of course like all like good feedback, constructive feedback is of course always welcome. So if you have any suggestion what you would like to see in the in the next events, we will try to deliver. I will finish with one last question. Uh, which players possibly raised their F Liga draft position, top four and non-top four countries from Yeba Yere? Um, for those of you who may not know, the F Liga is doing a first of its kind draft in floorball. Uh, but they'll be drafting under 21 players and um, looking to sign them to their respective clubs in the top division of Finnish men's floorball. And um, you can watch that draft uh, on the 17th of May on the IFF app, which will be free for everyone. Just sign in with your regular login and it will be under upcoming or current events and uh, you should be able to click on it and follow the draft live. Myself and Tero Kausta will be providing you some analysis of what's going on and uh, letting you know who these players might be that are getting drafted. Um, I, I think definitely Pascal Schmunke is, is the main one for me. I think not many. He wasn't... Uh, I didn't see any article mention him before this on terms of F-League drafting, draft boards. Uh, and if he doesn't get picked in the first round, in my opinion, that's a travesty. Uh, he's that good. 
Um, definitely Silians, the goalie for Latvia. I, I have I had him actually mm. listed as from a non top four country. Yeah, I I, th- I think goalies it's always it's always easier to prove yourself on an international stage because a player outfield player can like lean on their regular season stats uh, way more than say a goalkeeper can. So I think an international tournament like this. Siljans in particular can really use that and, and maybe get an opportunity if he gets drafted. Yeah. Um, and, and I think one more as well. I mean, he, he, Kohonen just signed, is signed with Stuvreta for next season, so he's not going to be going anywhere. He'll play for Stuvreta, but I, I think probably, you know, top three players in the world now under 21. And, and he's only 19, so mm. uh, that's scary. So anything else, Mari, before we wrap up today's episode? Well, I mean, looking forward to the SEA Games, Southeast Asian Games, of course, like you mentioned in the beginning, starting on Thursday, Singapore are the defending champions in the women's, Thailand are the defending champions in the men's, because the latest um, Southeast Asian Games event was held in 2019. Yeah, and we just recently announced today that um, Pawat Taidit is joining us as uh, social media ambassador for the IFF. And Pawat is captain of the Thai men's team who are defending champions, having won the SEA Games in 2019. So um, lots of lots of players and it's a big competition, especially for those of you in Europe who are a bit unsure, uh, but the Sea Games is very, very, very big, and it's it's definitely a major tournament for all sides competing. So it's it will be a big honor to win that prize and and to win to claim first place in in the Sea Games, and um, so definitely keep one eye on that. And uh, Thailand will be, I I think favorites, possibly defending champions, Philippines and. Singapore also going to be up there as well fighting and then Malaysia and Cambodia also competing no Indonesia unfortunately and uh, Australia and Japan obviously not part of the sea games so they will not be there either but yeah if that's it Murray then I think we can call it a wrap on this episode Um, thank you very much for listening as always we'll be back Possibly towards the end of the month for another update, another podcast episode. On Eurovision. (laughs) On Eurovision. Eurovision (laughs) begins tonight, uh, Tuesday, as we record this, Tuesday the 9th. So when you listen to this, the the final might have already taken place. But if you haven't, then please vote cha-cha-cha for... uh, We're not by... That's... (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Let's go, Cat.